It's a lot scarier speaking here than it is speaking in prison. Um, but when I have spoken in prison, at the end, the men come up to me and say, thank you, miss. So I'm expecting politeness at least as good as that afterwards, no matter what I say. So, um, Okay, when Alan first asked me to step into Chris's great big shoes, he said, uh, he told me what we were talking about, and he said he was going to look at it from the historical context, and would I look at it from today's viewpoint? He said, what if God asked you to sacrifice your child? Well, that was easy. I just say no. So that was sort of not very helpful. And he said, no, what if you were 100% certain that it was God talking? What if there was no doubt in your mind that it was what God was telling you to do? Well, if I were 100% certain that it was God talking, and others were with me and they believed me and they agreed, then we'd be a cult and we'd all be arrested, and, and quite rightly, because God doesn't want human sacrifice. As Alan said, he did that for us. Jesus' death on the cross was the sacrifice that was adequate for all of us. So, what other angle can we look at? What have I sacrificed for God? What has God asked me to sacrifice? Okay, I couldn't think of anything that God had asked me to sacrifice. Um, either he hasn't asked me, or he's asked me and I wasn't listening, or I pretended not to hear. Um, so again, this, this isn't looking very promising to talk about sacrifice. But if we look at what other people have sacrificed, obviously there are martyrs and missionaries, their sacrifice is obvious. Um, here in the church, there are people like um, Sue Lenthal, who, <laughs> looking very embarrassed, she gave up a comfortable life here to go and live in difficult situations in orphanage in Albania. And there are other people here in the church who've given up good jobs to work for the church or to work for other organizations where they're probably uh, less well paid or they live by faith. Um, people who've, you know, people who could be high flyers, who could be really getting somewhere in the world, who've chosen to take more menial but worthy jobs because they believe that's the direction that God wants them to go in. Um, but there are all sorts of sacrifices. I know one man who sold his entire record collection, not because the records were evil, but because he believed that his love of music was distracting him from what God wanted him to do. Sacrifice takes all forms and all shapes. What can be a sacrifice for one person might be a blessing for someone else. If um, our child fell down and needed to be taken to hospital, just as I was about to start watching Neighbours, I'd think that was a sacrifice. But my, but my husband would be, think it was a blessing because he'd be pleased to be out of the house when Neighbours was on. So um, it's not one size fits all. God might ask you to give up your job and go work with addicts or work in a slum in a ghetto but now might not be the right time for that. It might never be the right time for that. The most that God might ever ask you to give up is some time to spend with a friend who's lonely. Sacrifices don't have to be huge. In Psalm 51, David wrote, you don't take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. 
I guess God had no intention of allowing Abraham to kill Isaac. He, I suppose, wanted to see how much Abraham trusted him. And I think that's what God is looking for from us today, um, a willingness to trust him, an openness to hear him, and a generosity of spirit. I wonder perhaps if instead of looking at sacrifice as a, a giving up, a hardship, if instead we look at, at it as a giving up to God of our time, our energy, our money, our passion, our compassion. As Alan said, God was willing to give everything. He gave his son for us. And what are we willing to give back to him in return? <laughs>